0: games 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 February 14,
1: 2014. This is Idle Thumbs 145. I'm Chris Remo. I'm Nick Brecken. And I'm Jake Rodkin. Thank you, everyone, for we listening. established that.
0: <laughs> no. Uh, we experienced a really crazy thing just now. We should disclaim... Yeah. Well, we'll, <laughs> well we should... But, but used, you, we but yeah. we, we you, are experiencing... We will tell you what you are about to experience, which is... Um, we're recording out of the Campo Santo office, uh, and we have been for a few weeks. but, Idle um,
1: Thumbs office. The Idle Thumbs office exists Campo inside Santo of the Santo Campo Santo, Santo or...
0: office. Yeah. Idle mm-hmm. Thumbs actually, yeah, it's got its own room that looks exactly like the old room, yeah. which is totally creepy. But the building borders on a bar, and that bar has a band in it tonight, mm-hmm. or a DJ, maybe, actually, more I likely. I think that's. Because we've just been experiencing nothing yeah. but bass slamming action for the last like <laughs> twenty minutes or so, so you guys might hear some low frequency just fucking trash jams. over this episode, some low frequency jams yeah that is a very nice way to to describe it, yeah, um so that disclaimer aside, we have to talk about the most nutso thing that has probably mm-hmm. happened in the history of idle thumbs, and I want Chris to talk about it because you were just leaning back in your chair <laughs> I thought
1: you were gonna th- I thought you were like no split, i
0: was split I was trying up. I
1: was trying to hand it off to you oh, okay, so um, a, cu- a, few, a couple of weeks ago, we received a package in the mail that was an enormous painting of Jake. I think we already talked about it on the, that part on the podcast. Yeah, we set um,
0: it up next to us for the second half of that episode.
1: Right, 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 right. Um, it was amazing. Uh, and since then, we've received a few hints that we should be expecting more along those lines. And today, that uh, promise was made real. Um, we... <laughs> We've re- like goddamn max. Yeah, actually, I guess there was like sort of phase two about a week ago, That's where true. we received a smaller package containing two yeah. amazing hand-drawn, like hand-penciled <laughs> sketches of Nick Brecken that were very special. Yeah. Uh, today we received a larger package that included what, like six paintings, I six it- portraits. 7 7 so no, eight, 6 because it was because uh, I was already here yes Jake was already here so there was a there were in various styles there were portraits of me of Nick of Sean and of Steve as well as
0: our uh, rich uncle and rich cool uncle, uncle and
1: cool uncle who who are in turn Bobby Kotick and Jay Allard rendered impeccably um by Ray Chen we, sh- we should actually grab stop the letters we can give these people credit Yeah. um but the uh the whole thing was amazing I think it was sort of um the ringleader of all this I think was subs from the Idle Thumbs Forum and she did a really amazing job kind of corralling all this and then there and and also writing these like really beautiful letters that she wrote accompanying them um and then there were several, the
0: handwriting and the prose are both beautiful
1: right yes. there were several artists um involved in this as well who were uh um, Ati Okunin, uh John Christensen, and Ray Chen, uh, who are responsible for producing the actual artwork, um, which was then printed on huge canvas. So this whole thing has been amazing. There's a thread. If you go to the Idle Thumbs forums at idlethumbs.net slash forums, there's a thread called the – I think it's like the Idle Thumbs 10th, the 10th Anniversary, anniversary weird, weird Thing, thing Committee.
0: We should, we should read the titles of these uh, oh, yeah, of yeah, these pieces because <laughs> – Contained within this collection of artwork are hot cyber scoops, which is a painting of Steve Gaynor with all sorts of weird cybernetic implants, including a head like a, a headset on one ear, a which Sci-tech. only has a tone control yeah, knob yeah. on it. Yeah. And yeah, <laughs> what?
2: Yeah, a SciTech headset. Yeah, with yes. with a yeah Boston Dynamics logo. Um,
0: the most famous player which is a it's like, like old timey like yeah, retro like, sports card yeah. of Vanneman as, as a basketball player, player yeah. with a jersey that says dota and his number is two. And then in the corners, there's little illustrations. One of them is him dunking. One of them is Obama <laughs> dunking, and one of them is him dunking on Obama. Yeah, so that's fascinating. <laughs> um, Lord Chris Ramo is Chris sitting in a throne like covered in riches and Spelunky wrenches Spelunky themed ridges yeah, with yeah, the, yeah. the, the Spelunky explorers hat. That's the sort yeah, of Indiana with, like, Jones hat with the yeah, miners yeah, headlamp. Yeah. Yeah, and There's a bat in there. There's a, there's a Yeah. Puffin the bats up there. yeah. Vans. Oh, it was the, I didn't see the puffin scepter. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, video games is the one of me, which <laughs> is just me looking which like I helped unownous. sign the declaration of independence <laughs> or
1: something. Also. All, yeah. Also, uh, notable just in its sheer size. It's, yeah, it's like yeah. four
0: times bigger than the other paintings, which is hilarious. Yeah uh the uber vine handler which is nick God, that one is a nick Brecken as like a world war one era <laughs> like Admiral like, or something yeah military man but also yeah. holding a glass of wine it also looks like what nick will look like when <laughs> he, when years. nick is rich uncle in fact yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh yeah it's a little creepy and then rich uncle and cool uncle are the names of the jr and, Codic 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 and Codic Codic pieces, ones so anyway yeah. That was probably the most outrageous thing that has happened in all time, and it yeah. was in celebration of Idle Thumbs being ten years old, which it is as a website coming in like April or May, I think, because um, mm. we started the site at E three of two thousand four.
2: How you know? Have you guys have we ever actually talked about like the early rendition of Idle Thumbs uh, like, on and off just a little bit? We I mean, must, we must have when the podcast. Started, I actually that's what we were coming. From. I mean, I kind of generally know, but I would actually, if you guys don't mind. Like, how did Idle Thumbs be like? What
1: was the what the what, what, fuck? Why does this exist? Um, it exists because back in the early 2000s, a number of us Best were. T- time also. <laughs> back in the early a 2000s. Of, a number of us were involved in, with, um, I guess, mainly two different adventure game websites. There was adventuregamers.com um which I wrote for, which was owned by Merrick Bronstring and then Bronstring, Merrick Bronstring. Bronstring, Merrick Bronstring. And then um the International House of Mojo, aka mix and dot com, that Jake was associated with and James Spafford, aka Spaff, was involved with. And then um like Doug Tobacco was kind of involved in this as well. Using web work on uh, both sides. Yeah, did did web mm. stuff for both. Um and uh, a number of other people um, as well, but those are the ones who are who still kind of, I think, are uh, connected to it like in an yeah. effective way now. Um,
0: was, we were collectively all kind of tired of just writing about adventure games and talking about adventure yeah. games.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, we thought it might be just fun to start up just a general thing as opposed to yeah, a yeah, just a specific. video game website. That w- also we had really hilariously stupid, not stupid, but like we had very. Um, High minded High-minded oh, yeah. ideals of about what game journalism should be. Because that yeah. was right when Kieran Gillen published his essay on the new games journalism. Yep. Um a takeoff of the new journalism, which was what, a Tom Wolf thing? I mean yeah. Yeah. the new journalism, Who that was, I think it was Tom Wolfe. But uh yeah. but um we you like we had all these ideas about like, oh reviews shouldn't have scores, which I still actually agree with. Um and just you know, a, a bunch of other opinions we had about game journalism and that we figured idle thumbs would represent. But the, the the reality of it is that so we spent like I would say like a year and a half at least talking about this before it actually launched.
0: Hey, we started talking about it in like it. it was at E three two thousand three that Spaff mm-hmm. and Merrick God, and I crazy. were talking about it, and then E three two thousand four the actual site went up like the right. night before we were flying out to E three, and Doug was sitting at home going, ah, and then he finally right, right, posted, right, 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 posted right. the site.
1: And then like that E3 sucked for me as I recall. Yeah, no, that,
0: that was 2005. Oh, that was it when sucked. I got stuck
1: in the hotel room. Yeah, yeah, that was bad. Um, <laughs> what? <laughs> Doesn't matter.
0: It was. It's weird, it's weird thinking about. Eh, maybe it does. Like,
1: it's not actually an interesting. When thing. we okay. put
0: that site together, we had like you said a ton of like pretty intense ideas about what that site should be, and yeah. some of them I still kind of like. Some of them I think yeah. are complete garbage, but also uh, like. All of that existed with us still feeling like E three was the centerpiece of like right. the journalistic journalistic crown of I don't yeah. like every yeah. year E three was like when well, we're really gonna do it and right. show everyone mm-hmm. what's going on. Yeah. yeah. And E yeah. three two thousand five was probably the like the one week When that site actually existed at what anyone would hope was its real, like, amount of – We put out a lot of content. 2006 was the video, right? Quantity? No, that was was 2005. We had plans of doing video at that show as well, but we just – there was no fucking way there was time. But that was also the year that Chris spent at least a day in a hotel room. Yeah. That was bad times.
1: (laughs) Anyway. Yeah, we put out a lot of content. Although I remember even before the site launched, I think we used – or at least I used Idle Thumbs to get into GDC 2004 (laughs) because I just (laughs) thought GDC was more interesting than E3. Yeah. Um, yeah. But the other thing about us having a bunch of opinions about what Idle Thumbs should be and what game journals would be is that it turned out uh, actually most of us all had slightly different ideas of it. And so the reality of Idle Thumbs was that we – like every once in a while, we would all just start yelling at each other about like mm. what the site – identity of the site was. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean it's fine. Like we're all friends obviously. Right. But like – It's um, like America. It seemed really good at first. <laughs> but it like kind of – like over time, I feel like it, it, it was sort of a demotivating force. And so – I think by like 2006, the site wasn't updating very much anymore. Yeah.
0: And by 2007, it was effectively gone. I think your article, Nick, was one of the last. Yeah, I just a the death knell yeah. of, of old Idle <laughs> Thumbs pretty much. Yeah. yeah so then in
1: 2008, Jake and I were just talking yeah. about doing a podcast. And actually, we were talking about doing a podcast well, before we even had the notion that it would be connected to Idle Thumbs. And we were like, is it weird if we use Idle Thumbs? It's because oh, everyone, weird. Co- I didn't know that. everyone
0: yeah. collectively who had written for the site all yeah. kind of had little pieces of personal ownership over the name. Right. Yeah. And like, Every now and then, someone, especially uh, the UK guys who kept more active on the site, would publish an article every now and then. And we we're like, mm-hmm. uh, is it is it going to be weird? So I think we yeah, those guys yeah. Were,
1: kind of did m- minor resurrections a couple times. And in fact, Sp- uh, Spaff and Merrick did their own pre this podcast podcast that lasted like three episodes or the something. The thumbcast, yeah. yeah, maybe more. Was them, Steve
2: ever on Idle Thumb? I, I yes, this.
1: yeah, he was right. Steve yeah. was on it after you left. Oh, really? No. After you left for Bethesda. Steve was on the website. Oh, on the website. Oh, no, I'm he talking about the, the website, website. You mean? Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah I was like, huh? Steve was no, no, on the we website. We met Steve because he sent Idle Thumbs an email what I thought. in yeah. 2005 saying, right. I like your website. Can I write for you? Yeah, guys? we met okay. Steve through that. We okay. actually
0: met um, Duncan Fife through that as yep. well. Oh, really? Did I didn't a, know did a, that. Did a, um, we that.
2: We met Nick Brecken through that. Yeah. A, this is weird, actually. I didn't, I mean, I knew that,
1: obviously. but Yeah, my entire, like, professional career yeah. basically all Chris and, and I interviewed Adel Ron Hums. Gilbert yeah. in a humongous yeah, interview in for that site that was like yeah. that was I remember reading real piece
0: of content that we put on that site yeah. Yeah. Like, that at least you and I did uh-huh. other than just really yeah. bad bullshit news that's multi-page um, interview
2: with those uh, portraits mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Actually.
0: but yeah we we talked about calling the podcast a million things and then Chris you were like well, well you should obviously just call it Idle Thumbs which made me completely freak out because I didn't yeah. want to step on anyone's toes <laughs> and then we asked everyone and they said oh we don't actually care just do something yeah. with the site so we shut down the site and then put a, put a cool <laughs> teaser up. Yeah. Like I mean, we like, like we closed the homepage yep. that had been stagnant mm-hmm. for a year. Yep. Put up a really cool teaser yeah. that no one saw other than like the two guys on the Addle Thumbs forums.
1: Right. Well, about to say, uh, but you say that. But the reality is, the cool That's thing about maintaining continuity from the at least with the domain and the forums is that yep. we actually have an amazing forum community that has been. We've mentioned this a few times in the last couple of weeks, but our forum community is actually. Coming up on it's actually a decade the, it's old. the tenth
0: year anniversary of our forum community. That's really what it is. Who yeah, bought yeah, all these paintings yeah. for us, which they also, which they made, obviously. Yeah, so yeah. so happy anniversary, you guys. Um, happy yeah. <laughs> disordered anniversary. Happy, happy <laughs> disordered <laughs> anniversary podcast. Because I don't yeah. think, <laughs> as an entity, has had the most fragmented yeah. existence. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: I was thinking about the tenth anniversary of the forums forum community recently, and I it made me like remember a choice that we made about that, which is that we don't currently display. Join date next to your name. you can find it if you go into someone's profile, yep. but like mm. join date is not listed next to people's posts as good as on a lot of forums which I really like because I feel like the forum has a lot of sort of history and heritage and like p- names who everybody there knows because they've been there for so long, but it doesn't have that.
0: It's not it's listed not as like badge. a badge. Yeah, just exactly. Sort of, yeah. It's not
1: like a – yeah, sort of a title that is – Constantly emblazoned next to your posts. It's so
0: weird like. when you when you set up a new forum, thinking about which of the just out of the box guaranteed things you show and don't show, and what limits you put on the yeah. contents of avatars and signatures, and like yeah, all of that it makes stuff. such a huge difference. It to the changes the discourse forum, so much. Yeah. Like, do you display people's post counts? Do you display their join date? Do you display right. their administrator class? Like all yeah. of that stuff is. I mean, I know forums aren't the cool thing at this point by any means, but it just the nuances of just that of sort yeah. of what you display in your post but also like are crazy. Yeah
1: forums aren't the cool thing right now but also like this crazy shit that happened would not have yep. probably come mm-hmm. out of if anything a but a weird forum yep. community. Yep. yeah
0: yep. it's the best mm-hmm.
1: yeah so anyway, anyway that's, that's <laughs> out I thumbs 10th anniversary anyway jake and i have been hanging out <laughs> talking about stuff together for <laughs> 10 years now so just fyi yeah uh, uh, you didn't notice that that was true <laughs> <laughs> it's good that we just fractured your brain yeah that like was that, that was really disorienting <laughs> Um, it. So yeah, uh, sorry for that big digression. Um, video games.
0: Jake, the band stopped playing in time for this podcast
1: too. Which oh, that's Hopefully right. me wow. saying that. They were just <laughs> really pumped up for like yeah, yeah. the recap of ten years of history of Idle Thumbs. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now they're kind of petered out as just video game discussion now. Yeah. So yeah. We opened for Idle Thumbs. One forty-five.
0: <laughs> oh yeah. Also, this is it's it's nice that I think actually the. Um, Episode one hundred and fifty is coming up, obviously mm. in five weeks, which yeah, lands which lands right at re- GDC, which yeah. is great. Yeah, it is. So mm-hmm.
1: it's, it's uh, an auspicious tenth year. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: And of course, next year is episode two hundred. Assuming we're still doing this in a year, and the year of the PS three, and the yes, the year of the PS three, or what is it? Year of the PS three dot info, a mm-hmm. domain registered by an idle thumbs reader years ago. I can't ago. remember
1: if it's the year or just year. Yeah. Of the one of those of
0: the still the exists, year. and it's still counting down mm. to next year when you can finally. When the, when the PlayStation 3's full potential is unlocked. Yeah,
1: when developers fully understand the cell processor. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, Jake... You can play, like, Journey 2 next year. <laughs> um, you and I played the same two iPhone games, I think, this week. Actually, you played three.
0: Let's open it up with what the readers crave the most. Let's yeah. talk <laughs> about it. No, no,
1: no. We don't have to, right? Is there anything that anyone's actually fucking played for real? Oh, actually, sorry. I hate to say this. Nick it's also another, has
0: played some stuff, because Nick... It's wow. Another, oh.
1: Another, it's like... <laughs> You looked like you're
0: painting for a second, so I thought you had something <laughs> nope. stately and important to say.
1: No, well, I'm just going to... I don't think we mentioned this because I don't think it existed last week, as I recall. Mm. But on the topic of um, community members who've made us amazing things based on ourselves, um, there's now a <laughs> Spelunky sprite based on... That looks oh, like yeah. me. That, that also came made, out of that same thread. Made by Blemo. Oh, did it really? Yes. Oh, that's awesome. I didn't know that. Um, I, that thread is like 33 pages long, so yeah. I haven't read through it. That but was like, the bonus gift in that thread. Yes. Um... Uh, it, um, I guess – was that the same guy who – that was the same guy, right, who made Jake's – Yes. Who made your portrait. Yep. Yeah. Um, he also made um, a really great Splunky sprite sheet um, that like looks like me but rendered in the Splunky style. So I'm using that on my yeah, daily he, stream. now. One, he
0: did one of me, Nick, uh, Jay, and Bobby. Yeah. 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 <laughs> the guys. <laughs>
1: <I know. laughs> ah, cool rich uncles.
0: <laughs> anyway, yeah. He did that Splunky sprite that's like – it, it really just nice looks movie. like it's from Spelunky. Yeah, yeah it's, it's, incredible. Incredible. it's really
1: good. Yeah. yeah. Um, anyway, sorry. Wait. So, what did you play, Nick? This week, mm, Flappy Bird. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh. Did did we only play Flappy Bird this week <laughs> in honor of our tenth anniversary of
1: existing? <laughs> right. Oh, we didn't only play Flappy Bird. We also played threes. Fly bird, well, we also flappy Flybird. flappy flu different bird variant. Oh we also played oh. a mechanical bird or whatever it's called. Uh Renegade Bird.
0: Renegade bird? Maverick. No. Maverick Ma- Bird. Oh, maverick bird.
1: Sorry. Yeah. Sorry, what is it? Mechanical. <laughs> cool bird, uncle renegade. Maverick Bird. <laughs> Game cool <laughs> maverick. Flap flap. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Nick Brecken's back, everyone. In case you didn't, uh, <laughs> flap realize flap, that. cool flap. <laughs> bird bird. <laughs> but yeah, I did play Flappy Bird, bird threes. Noise. This whole Flappy Bird thing is actually fairly fascinating to me. I feel like it's a it's a It it actually is. It's kind of what's I, weird is I feel like everybody's put a little thought into it, which is a little strange. I
2: know. <laughs> it feels like a but like oh, oh I can't even say what I was gonna say. Yeah, you, Some but, I was talking to somebody the other day who was just like, oh man, I spent like I just decided to spend like an hour of my day on Sunday trying to decipher what actually like just, just internet sleuth the hell out of this story and got nowhere. But like
1: I think everybody pretty much did but that. But I don't think that I don't even know if that's possible because I think okay, so for background. If you somehow don't know what this is, because I actually didn't until three days ago. Um, Flappy Bird is an iPhone game made by an individual guy in Vietnam who's just made a few like tiny iPhone games, none of which have hit big, except for Suddenly Flappy Bird, in which it scrolls endlessly to the right. And it's a one-button game in which you, as you tap the screen, you get a little bit of vertical height on this little bird that flaps around. And then he he starts falling yeah. to, to the ground again until you give another tap. And you have to navigate through yeah. these, like, thin gaps in vertical pipes that look like pipes from Mario. It's
2: similar to something like Cannibal. It's an endless runner. Yeah, it's an is. endless runner, but yeah. much harder. Like, you have
1: to be much more it's precise. It's an endless runner, but yeah.
0: you're constantly just having to juggle the height of the guy. Right, exactly. Yep. Yeah, because you're not running
1: along the ground. Yeah. Um, and this game... Like, it's ads, it's free, but it's ad-supported. And the ads are not very intrusive. It's probably the lowest impact. Yeah, the ads ad just show up thing. at the top
0: of the screen. And then if you tap to make the bird jump, which you do, do every yeah. half second, they mm-hmm. go away. And that's it. Mm-hmm. Yep.
1: And uh, this game was just stuck at number one on the top free games on the App Store. And this guy was apparently bringing in $50,000 a day through ad revenue. But he also, like, as his game became just impossibly successful he started just receiving unbelievable torrents of abuse from people from all sides from like all sides exactly fuck you for
0: this game fuck you for this game being an iOS piece of shit garbage game that's yeah. not real fuck you for stealing art from Mario brothers was yeah, Kotaku which he didn't, like really, but yeah, yeah good times like
1: yeah, yeah. it's incredible and and mm. what's and so, oh fuck you for the game being too hard fuck you for the patch making the game slightly easier right? yeah. like yeah it's amazing and so the guy was he has like I remember when I first saw this guy's Twitter account, he had like 200 followers and then I looked back three hours later and he had like 6,000 and I'm sure it's – It's because that's because he posted the tweet. Oh my god. Does he really? Yeah. Holy shit. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah, what did – so well, that was the day when he posted the tweet was when I looked but that was like within minutes of him posting it, he jumped up thousands. Mm -hmm. So he posted a tweet on Saturday I believe that said – Something like... 10th anniversary <laughs> sirens. Anyway. Um, <laughs> yeah. It's uh, it's probably actually worth finding. But this guy... Um, I retweeted them. Yeah. This guy was completely unable to deal, understandably, with, like, this just ridiculous amount of abuse. This, like, exponentially increasing heap of mania. Yeah. yeah and so he just decided to, to take the game down. So first... God, this was my favorite tweet. This was, like, the one that was amazing to me. Yeah. His name is... Uh, Dong Wen and he I think is how it's pronounced, and he says I can call Flappy Bird is a success of mine, period. But it also ruins my simple life, period. So now I hate it. Period. Like that is an amazing that is like an astonishing tweet. And it was retweeted eight thousand four hundred seventeen times. Yeah. And then his next one, this is unbelievable. I am sorry, Flappy Bird users, twenty twenty two hours from now, I will take Flappy Bird down. I cannot take this anymore. One hundred forty five thousand retweets. Like of, and, if, and he just got infinitely more <clears throat> abuse once that started happening. Um, everything about this is fascinating to me. <laughs> Every angle of this, yeah. and,
2: and I there think, are a lot of angles too, because you can definitely take a cynical route with this.
1: But I don't think you could. That would hold up under scrutiny at all. <laughs> What is the cynical route? Is I think the, the cynical. Fact, idea the the cynical
2: route is that if he actually was facing legal action, or he had the hint that he was going to, or he used a bot to to whatever. If he saw something coming down the line, yeah. the smart thing to do would be to do what he did, which is take it off, still earn the ad revenue every day from all every all the installs, are, you know, that he's already got, and you know, get away from the legal trouble. But, but I think
0: that the people who are diving deep into the conspiracy that no one is seeing are the people who are mad because he's making a game that isn't a game that uses art from Mario that is hoodwinking people into playing it. Yeah. Like, I mean, people who are saying like, you're juking reviews. You're like the, yeah. the other side of that though, is that people have been like, um, I, God, I can't remember the article that I read. We've all been, yeah, yeah, yeah. Flappy Bird has, oh, took over my, my mind for two yeah. days, but I read an article from, uh, that, that involved research from someone who scraped, the entire App Store app review, mm-hmm. uh, like just every review, yeah, also, I saw any here. metric they could find because they were looking for signs of repeatability, signs yeah. of like juke in the stats, and they couldn't find any. Oh, like, really? The, the, I saw one that had. Oh, yeah. was it on 4chan? No. <laughs> was it linked to our uh, press uh, relations <laughs> to Gone Home reviewers? Um, yeah. Oh, the one that I read showed – an exponential curve in frequency of reviews and ratings that matched up basically exactly with its purchase curve. Mm. And it was just like, I think this game just caught. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if that's true. I know like.
1: I would be amazed if it were anything other than that. Personally, I think this is an awkward situation. It's it's a game that
0: like every kid in my girlfriend's high school English classes, just fucking for the last three days talked like, of last like last week it hit critical mass amongst yeah. a bunch of high school kids who just weren't paying attention to school because they were playing Flappy Bird. Yeah. And I guess that's if if it's actually the result of juking app store stats, this has to be the first time that it has succeeded to such a high level for such a stupid game. <laughs> that's like that's the thing I think about that it. may and inv- i mean i don't know that that to me seems possible
2: the the, the stupid game aspect of that you know but it's not it's, but, okay here's the thing about that because i know everybody does this to some degree right i mean like everybody tries to do this yeah but it's a but he can't be the only guy
1: who's trying this right who's trying and what why did he take it down
0: i don't think that there's the, any I, mm. man i i we're never going to reach any agreement on this. No, plan. I mean nobody actually
2: knows. I, There's no, this isn't really an argument because we no, yeah. have no idea. But I, I do think it's possible. I haven't just. I I don't know what happened, but I, I do think it is. I it seems mean, I to feel me like I absent, of,
1: absent of any like my really my initial evidence. take on
2: it was yeah, was the same as yours, which is that like oh my god, this guy got inundated by garbage, and just you know like you know I, I believed him, but eh, I read some stuff that kind of made me think well. If,
0: if that the time- like the
1: melting point of steel is – you should definitely look into it and, you know. <laughs> <laughs> what? What is that? read some stuff. I'm just saying nine eleven. think about it. That's all I'm saying. Whoa! I've read some things. Because an app store developer will like You're equating equating Nick to like a a 9 11 truther? Is that what's going on here?
2: A a, a Flappy Bird? I don't think it's out of bounds to believe that a developer would try
0: to like. Why did that second tower fall? Flappy Bird, (laughs) Jeff. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: um, uh, Whatever. Yeah, I I don't know. I mean, I don't know. You can link me the the thing. the thing thing about Flappy Bird, though. It's been out for eight months.
0: Right, but okay,
2: or whatever. However the, long it's the been. The thing out.
0: I, after all of the, like, I would have that does, never. That played, that's, not,
2: that's not. evidence for or against. I would have never played Flappy
0: Bird except for the fact that it was the guy posted a tweet saying I'm taking Flappy Bird off the thing, and I'm really glad that's that I, I
1: downloaded well. yeah. really no, it. I'm really. everybody did that. I'm really glad
0: that I played it because the thing. Uh, the thing about Flappy Bird is, I feel like, um. <laughs> Sorry, the band is back. I'm so glad the band is back for our Flappy Bird discussion. Hopefully, actually what that is That's is someone playing Flappy Bird with a drum with a drum yeah. kit like, with an electronic also, drum machine. That
1: backing is represent like that musical back accompaniment is represented representative of the general tenor of discussions surrounding yeah. Flappy Bird. It's just a fucking crazy metal band <laughs> going shit <laughs> in the background. Um, the thing about Flappy Bird is I think mm, it might
0: the reason that I think it might be a fluke. But that it is legitimate in its success is because I look at like look at things that have that one person has made that blew up on the app store, and it is things like Cannibal, Cannibal, uh, Tiny Wings, mm-hmm. and God, there's a fucking third one in that. I mean, even things like Super Hexagon, which is super yeah. like deliberate, yeah. But um, but they have that same I, but quality Cannonball to Cannibal and, them, but and, one and Tiny Wings especially, yeah, yeah.
1: or Fla- one or two buttons in some cases.
0: Flappy Bird feels like. The reason that Cannibalt and Tiny Wings are addictive, crunched down into something that has the intensity and instant re- repeatability of Super Mario. Oh, like, I think
2: it's entirely believable like, that it would it was, that it it naturally. Was, you know, yeah.
0: It was interesting to me that the like two of the biggest defenders of of Flappy Bird as a thing that is actually. Really hard to fucking rip off in hundred percent of the way yeah, is Terry Kavanaugh, the guy who made Super Hexagon, and Bennett Foddy, ben Foddy yeah. the guy who made uh, co-op and
2: super I actually downloaded it after I saw Bennett's tweet. Yeah, because Bennett, yeah. Bennett Foddy mm-hmm.
0: tweeted just saying yeah. everyone's trying to rip off Flappy Birds. Yeah. Good fucking luck. Look at yeah. this stupid web game. People are saying it's the same game. It's not. It's actually yeah. you've got it tuned all wrong. It's it's garbage. Yep. And like, it's it's cool and interesting to see guys like that mm-hmm. who are. Whose reputations are built on games that are entirely in fine-tuned feel, saying, uh, oh, maybe there's more than bullshit to this. You know, yeah. maybe people aren't just playing it." I, the pipes am not. Mario. Yeah, or I'm, I'm, the, the I'm the less cynical or,
2: in, about. I, I, I mean, whatever. Like, I, I think there could be a number of reasons why he took it down. So, I guess is what so I'm you, saying. But I don't, I don't necessarily, you know, whatever. Like, in terms of statue game, no fucking clue. But I do think, eh, there could be there, there could be various reasons why he's taken that down, inc- yeah. Yeah. including that. He is. The, I mean, the, the point that he actually still is earning ad revenue from that game was interesting to me. I had not. I thought considered I saw that. someone
1: say that they he took down his the the IAD account or something or no. what. There, but I, I, mean, I, guess, uh, I mean, I guess they, they should still be getting served you have the game. Yeah, yeah, but um, the thing I was gonna what was I just gonna say a second ago. Oh right, someone posted just like a screenshot of, you know, a grid of like a dozen by dozen square or whatever of just tweets. Obtained by searching for yeah, that I guy's that. username and the word "kill" or "murder," and it's basically just the most like horrifying thing you've ever seen. Yeah. What do you mean? Eh? What yeah, I mean, mean? I, I, people can say they want to murder me, and if I got fifty thousand dollars a day, I'm fine. Like, I
0: just Are you say kidding? that. I don't. I don't. Yeah. <laughs> what is your level of self awareness, Nick? You would not be on this world anymore. What if you were one <laughs> making fifty thousand dollars a day, and two, the general game playing public was asking for your fifty
1: thousand dollars a day, Jake? That would make you way more strung out. Uh, I would be fine with it for $50,000. You say yeah. that, but I live with you. Uh. <laughs> um. I would lose my
0: mind. I think I, – I thought about this and I think – he said he's not going to sell the game. Oh, the most recent – the last interview that he did before we recorded this podcast was him saying I saw that the game was actually – I made a thing that was just addictive to people and maybe isn't actually fun, which I thought was interesting. And to your credit, Nick, the fact that – Every time he makes a statement, it's slightly incongruous except for like the, the four bundled together when he's putting the game uh, – when he was putting the game to bed is the one thing that's made me be like, what is this? But then also he's just a kid yeah. basically. He's a guy in his early mid-20s who's never done anything like this before.
1: Yeah. Like he's not accustomed it's, to anyone outplaying it, him ever, let alone this many people. It's all bullshit at the same to time speculate annually.
0: to what his inner thought process is, but it's an interesting line that you can trace. So much been at all employed the stuff that he said. to be
1: a public facing employee. I don't think you understand how bizarre this would be for someone who. I oh, like, I understand how bizarre and and, and frustrating it is, but
2: uh, you also I, I don't know I'm it's fine.
0: Nah, it's I, I guess <laughs> we'll never know. Yeah, until Flappy Bird Two. The true story of Flappy Bird is released by him, (laughs) that it has just huge, lavishly expensive narrative cutscenes about the life of Flappy Bird as an analogy for him.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the thing that I – one of the things I thought was interesting about this is how much it seemed to be – like, the situation seemed to be just a blank slate for people to enact their own, like, prejudices about about stuff on, including casual games generally or iOS games or – like people who make money through free to play games, or like, like, yeah. or in, or the other like people who support the guy, or or like whatever, like every, or
0: outsider art,
1: or yeah, people exactly. who are
0: not like, yeah. in like games industry oh, yeah. luminaries. Like, right. part I think part of the reason that everyone shot on his fucking face is because he's just a random kid in Vietnam who made a game that was popular that happened to yeah, use art from I totally Mario. Agree. Yeah, that part is the part that actually made me download Flappy Bird. It was yeah. people bitching that the art. How was Mario Sprite influenced pipe art and then people bitching that he changed the art to less good (laughs) art to get out of that. Yeah. No one complained when Braid had Mario pipes in it. No one complained when that retro top-down Ninja Turtles looking arcade mashup had warp pipes in it. Everyone shat their fucking pants when a guy from Vietnam made a free-to-play iPhone game. Yeah. Not even free-to-play, fucking free. Yeah, free, and actually yeah. free. Yeah, no, I agree. That free, made me pretty gross. Really, really mad. Like, that... People yeah. be like, whoa, 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 like, are you kidding me?" Anyway, whatever. Yep. God, Christ. There's a more insidious version
2: of that that's happening all the time via yeah, like this AAA the, iPhone developers. You know what I
1: mean? Like, oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, this is the least insidious yeah, version of it. Yeah. This is the one version where it's like, "Hey, a guy just like made a thing on a phone, and he yeah. actually hit it big." Yeah. Yeah. Every other at this point, almost every other successful iPhone game. Um, with, relatively, Mario with relatively few exceptions <laughs> is like calculated to a degree that would be impossible for someone who doesn't work for a large corporation to achieve yeah um speaking of other iphone games that seem to be doing pretty well threes is really good now that's a game <laughs> it's actually representative <laughs> That's of the, made by a good wholesome stock <laughs> this was was it zach gage who made this or is that someone else i, I don't remember who made threes i can't
0: remember who made this it's think, The ios cast this week it's good
1: well, I was on the Double Fine ski trip this past weekend, and the only games I played were iPhone games. Um, which is funny, because I never play iPhone games. Sorry, it's not Zach Gage. He's just in these special thanks, Zach Gage and Adam Solstman. This game was made by Asher Volmer, Greg uh, Woolwind, and Jimmy Henson. But, um... Uh, yeah, I never, ever, ever play iPhone games. And then Greg Rice from Double Fine recommended Threes to me. And then that same day, the Flappy Bird shit just exploded, so I downloaded it. <laughs> flappy Bird shit. Yeah, Flappy Bird shit it, was, went all over my face, and it was gross. Um, but the the three, Threes is a game that is kind of reminiscent of a Match 3, except you're just combining tiles on a, what, 5x5 five five or something grid? It might be 4x4. Four four. Might be 4x4. Four four. Um, uh, light your essentially combining like numbers. There's It's a little more nuanced than that, but it's four by four, you're right. Um, but you're sliding tiles around and matching numbers together and the numbers get bigger and bigger and bigger as you keep combining them and you're shooting for a high score. And the thing that I think is notable about it, one, well, one, it's really just slick and fun, I think, and, and well-designed. Um, but it's also like representative of a style of game that I feel like has really only existed in any significant degree in the last couple of years, which is the kind of iOS... Like the the version the, the equivalent of nicely designed Mac or iOS software, but applied to games. Like that's not a thing I ever remember seeing on the actual Macintosh computer. Or it's very like sedate and feels like it's UI, but it's a game. Yeah, a lot of yeah, exactly. A lot of just flat colors, really crisp design, clean lines. I think letterpress
0: was the big like letter uh, the big example. Yeah, of letterpress, this one.
1: exactly. Like this is the sty, Like style. I feel like it is. It's obviously not game design. It's mainly visual design and UI design, but I feel like it goes part and parcel with a certain kind of game design, which is um, kind of Sudoku-like. You know, mm-hmm. games that are like word games, number games, games that are that are aimed at a sort of broad audience. It's an intense
0: modern evolution of like the slider puzzle that you could open up uh, in yeah, like the exactly. Apple menu of a Mac in 1984. Yeah. Like just a weird like... Mm-hmm. It's just... It's weird.
1: Right. But they share a very specific kind of modern... Strip down UI sensibility. Yep. Um, I don't necessarily have anything interesting to say about it. I just it's it feels like a new kind of visual design, at least with respect to games. You know, like it's that kind of des- visual design is like very much in vogue today, already outside of games. But it feels like a new thing within game design.
0: Yep. To me. Oh man, I started playing. Um, I started playing Jazz Punk. Oh, oh cool. how is that? I have not
1: played that yet.
2: I don't know. I. <clears throat> I read a review of it that was – I I honestly I, – I saw the trailer for it. I had no idea what that game was really. I was I, looking forward to it yeah off of the trailer. I but the then trailer.
1: I read the review and I was like, what is this game? I saw, like, the, can I finish the, the – yeah. Oh, sorry. Part. I thought you were actually done. Unless it's going to tie into that. No, it's not. Oh, sorry. I, the only one thing I want to say is that this game is freaking me out like on a personal level. Why? Okay. <laughs> because I can't well, how, fucking stop playing it. now we're Okay. When I saw Threes,
0: I was like, okay, this seems like the sort of game that Chris will not play because he doesn't allow himself to play these anymore. Yeah, because it would ruin me. But if you were to play it, it would... It would melt your life.
1: Yeah, and if I didn't go on that goddamn ski trip, I wouldn't even have known about it. Probably, well, I mean, I probably would have eventually known about it because everyone's tweeting about it now. But I probably wouldn't have downloaded it unless there was a human being sitting next to me who said, "Download this game," which is what mm. happened. So I did, and I can't stop playing it. It's I, in fact, I deliberately didn't delete it until we recorded this podcast because I wanted to be able to run right up against the podcast. So this would, I would still be feeling this distressed about it. But as soon as we're done with this podcast, I'm deleting this fucking app off my phone because I can't. I, like ten thousand people will it. put the app on the phone. <laughs> yeah, well, you should. Cut to one month if ago. You're capable of went on the ski it. trip and played this game called Flappy Bird. Just, <laughs> <laughs> well, Flappy Bird, I did play a bunch, and I got I got up to like a score of fifty five or something. But I uh, God, how did you get 55? And I really enjoyed it. Yeah, and my it was best, really fun, my best was twenty two. Yeah. Do, do you still have Flappy Bird? I do, but that one's not like. It's not destroying me, though. Threes is destroying me. Flappy Bird, like, I haven't played it at all today, right? Flappy like, Bird fine. destroyed itself. We all destroyed Flappy Bird. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's true. Um, but Threes, I just can't stop playing it. It's terrible. And it's weird because when I play it, well, obviously in the middle of playing it, I'm enjoying it or I wouldn't be playing it. But then every, like, every time I have a moment of self-awareness, I feel disgusting. I'm like, ugh. I just spent, like, another 20 minutes playing, you know, however many, I don't know, 10 more rounds of Threes... Like, and it feels gross to me in a way that then you do a it some lot more. of kinds of games don't. Yeah, and, just, and in the middle of that disgust, it. you look yeah, down and I, like, nah, I'm playing it again. I that I keep doing it. Mm. I, I've played so it probably doesn't count how many games you've played. You though. can scroll through the list though. I think it has all your yeah, scores. I'm not gonna count every single one of them. I mean, that's, that'd be crazy. Um, that'd be crazy. <laughs> Three hundred eighty. <and> my high <laughs> score is not even that fucking high. My high score is nine twenty-seven, nine thousand two hundred forty. Oh. But I've seen people on Twitter with high scores. Way higher than 50, that. 50, 60,000. Yeah, 000. exactly. Yeah. So, like, it. it's not even that I'm amazing at it. It's – I just can't stop playing it. Oh, these people also made Puzzle Juice, which also – I didn't really play it, but it also is of this type. Um, yeah, it's just killing me. I, I – and this is one of the reasons I don't play iPhone games is because I – the majority of iPhone games that people recommend I don't enjoy, but the ones I do enjoy – which also include things like Drop 7, Spell Tower, which is also of this ilk. You played Words Um, with Friends for a long time. I did play a lot of Words with Mm. Friends. When I do get into them, I can't – and it's always of this type. It's always of this type of game. I can't stop playing them. It's – and I hate it. I hate it. I feel so gross Mm. because it's like Spelunky is a game that I don't really want to stop playing, but I'll load up the daily challenge. I'll do it. Usually 20 to 30 minutes later, I'm done, and I'm like, great, and I don't feel gross. I'm just like, that was fun. I – Maybe saw a new thing, like I played around, like I did badly or I did well, like whatever. Great. All right. Anyway, continue on my day. Yeah. With Threes, I'm just like, I just want to keep playing Threes and I don't want to also. It's the worst. When I was playing Threes. Also, it's a good game, so I'm sorry if you made it and it sounds like I don't like it because I obviously do too much. It's actually, Threes
0: and Flappy Bird are the two games, for some goddamn reason, that I was also playing this week after not playing yeah. iPhone games for a month, but playing both of them. This is a reference that will probably actually be lost on at least you, Chris, but probably both of you. I could not think of anything other than the episode of Star Trek The Next Generation where one guy comes back from some planet and has a little, like, headband that has a game where you all you have to do is think as much as you possibly can about a little, like, disc uh, floating into... Uh, a little like open like horn shaped tornado thing and then it disappears okay. in and it's the most satisfying feeling in the entire world <laughs> and by the end of the episode everyone is just doing nothing but staring off into space <laughs> making a disc go into a horn yeah. until someone finally wrenches their like glasses <laughs> right. off and f- frees everyone yeah, but like yeah, yeah. watching my life disappear in equal parts into f- fucking Flappy Bird and Threes it, yeah. it was I haven't that hasn't hit me mm. for a couple years yeah. and it was weird that just like Two very different versions of, yeah. of that yeah, yeah, yeah. crushed my right. goddamn face over the weekend.
1: Man, mm-hmm. also, sorry, we never even mentioned... We, we did mention Terry Kavanaugh, right? Because you brought him up as yeah. the defender of the game. But you didn't mention the tribute game he made, which was... Oh,
0: Maverick, uh, Athletic Bird? Was it Maverick Bird? <laughs> Maverick, yeah, Maverick Bird.
1: Maverick Bird, which you can find by just searching for Maverick Bird on the internet. It's at TerryKavanaugh.com. It's slash yeah. like Maverick Bird, I think. Um,
0: there's, also, there's also the Flappy Jam going on, which is uh, a game jam flavored around many of the Flappy Bird-esque controversies, but it was basically it's basically, I think, we feel bad for this guy, and also maybe there's something interesting in Flappy Bird. Everyone make games that are preferably uh, endless somethings yeah. That use artwork that is inspired by but not directly ripped off from classic games. And that's that was, mm, okay. those were the the limitations. And there's a there's yeah. a website for Flappy Bird. Is that Camera.
1: is that where Maverick Bird came out of? I don't know. Maverick Bird because is called really Maverick good. Bird,
0: a Flappy Bird fan game. I
1: like that yeah. Maverick Bird is basically a more kind of visually brash and and It's also like,
0: faster paced and harder than Flappy Bird, I think.
1: Yeah, right. It is. Um it's it's more varied. It's more random and varied yeah. than Flappy Bird is and like more extreme just across every dimension, basically. Uh, and it's good. I mean, if you have played Flappy Bird, you should play Maverick Bird just to see what he did with it. It's good. It reminds me of um, that game. It kind of reminds me of a less insane version of that game, Fly Wrench, yep. that I mentioned a couple weeks ago for some other reason. Um, Fly Wrench. I love Fly Wrench. Yeah, actually, fuck it. Whatever. If you are a person who
0: likes Flappy Bird guiltily or genuinely and yeah play maverick birding play fucking fly, play it's fly wrench it's by the guy who made Nidhog. it's yeah, good
1: mark Essin, yeah it's yeah. fly wrench is intense that game is crazy yeah it's really good though you should look it up um i'm sorry so you were going to talk about jazz punk
0: i was you saw the trailer you guys for mm-hmm. it i think um i saw the trailer and it made me not want to play the game at all because mm. i saw the trailer and, and said to myself i guess kind of like a douche this looks like a game by someone who played Blendo games, yeah. and then decided I'm going to make my own Blendo game. But like, I didn't really like the look of the character design. I thought it was jarred really, really heavily against the world art, and like, it just it felt like a clash of a ton of mm. different aesthetics that felt like. I'm saying this under the umbrella of I was a pre. Uh, can you describe like what the game is. At yeah, all, or? well, yeah, I guess I, I guess I can do that. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I didn't know what it was when I saw the trailer. Like, yeah. it just it had sort of old. Uh, sort of hyper 60s jazz with sort of like Latin influences similar to Blendo stuff or I mean like something like Cowboy Bebop or Archer <laughs> or the Venture Brothers and it had the trailer was just weird esoteric loud mid-century looking art just like really abrasive patterns yeah. and fonts with non-sequitur imagery and just like horns going, you know and, and a guy saying <laughs> yeah. weird stuff kind of like a Thunderbirds trailer I think is what the like but what it was supposed to look like mm, yeah um with like the logo just kept zooming into itself over and over again and i was like okay this looks like something from someone who played gravity bone and 30 flights of loving um, and playing the game it it admittedly is very much that like it's got loud crazy fonts weird like lo-fi audio narrators talking to you about stuff it's a first person game set in a really really stylized world made out of pretty lo-fi but very loud uh Art with lots of weird flats in it and stuff. Um, but it also. It's. I wish that it was a little bit different aesthetically on its face from Blendo games because the further into it that you get, the more that you can tell that it's very, very clearly made by people who are not Brendan Chung and who share. who have a, a different sensibility from him, other than the fact that they obviously yeah. respond mm-hmm. to some of that same stuff. I mean, I don't know. I don't know whether or not I can actually recommend this game to people wholeheartedly. Like I'm, mm. I'm enjoying it, but I'm not like. I mean, yeah. I, I honestly had some reservations even about uh, about recommending the Stanley Parable wholesale to people just because that game is so like. Oh, man, I almost got into an "is it a game" conversation, which is gross. Oh, but it's like,
2: yeah. This... I mean, I think. Well, so the the, the review I read of Jazzpunk took a turn where I didn't expect, which is that it's it it basically talked about how it's it's one of those games that is referencing games left and right and just is about a game or I, you know is about you know being a game i didn't actually like,
0: get i didn't get that uh, maybe i didn't get far enough into that, that okay. stuff became overt i mean like it it feels very much like the way um gravity bone is a game that very gravity bone very passively but secretly in your face is a game about the yeah. structure of games like gravity yeah. bone yeah, you you get those first two weapons, and then you get the next one, and it deliberately skips three yep. slots in the UI. Yep. but that turns out to be completely meaningless. Like mm. you complete you know you complete your first mission in Gravity Bone, and then by the time you get to where yeah. anything else should be happening, the game has just lost the plot. That's gone yeah. insane. Yeah.
1: but it doesn't feel it doesn't to emotionally it doesn't feel like it's like a game parody. at
0: right. All you know.
1: Um, Jazzpunk
0: feels to me more in the spirit of the Stanley Parable but it's less on its face about it even than the Stanley Parable is like Jazzpunk to me didn't straight up say in a game this happens like it's still like you go through these very weird atmospheric uh like kind of kind of lo-fi noiry stuff like like a Blendo game but then you go and talk to your boss who gives you a mission which feels very much like Gravity Bone but the way that you get into the mission like it's written up on a blackboard and he sort of gestures towards it a little like stylized dotted line points from his eyes to the board so you look at it and then he just gives you some pills that are i think just list the the the, the medication on the pill is mission all or something like that and then you press mm. e to use and it says gulp and the scene fades out and then you're just in a crazy place midway through a very gravity bone-esque heist mm. and that's where it's like it's, it's got a lot of that same stuff where you're sort of completing the objectives that the game strings out to you one at a time in the stuff that I've done, except very much like the Stanley Parable, you can deviate from it and do other just weird stuff all over the place, um, but the game doesn't get all over you for breaking the rules or anything. It's more... It feels more like this game is trying to do some of that stuff, but... Entirely just revel in it and be your fun buddy who's with you, along for all the weird stuff that you're doing like mm. I was in the middle of this thing where I was trailing uh I think it's the second mission I was trailing like a cowboy through a kind of blade runner uh like sci fi like pan Asian neighborhood where he was going to a um, sushi restaurant and I had to poison him or extract something from him or something, and then a bunch of agents showed up and started like chasing me out. But then the organ that I pulled from his body was... I was holding it because it was the thing that I was supposed to be delivering to the drop. Um, and I didn't know how to get past these guys until I clicked the mouse. And then I just swung it at them. Like, <laughs> and it knocked one of them over and just played the sound of a bowling pin dropping. And then I was like, what? And then the game just basically, obviously, I did what I was supposed to do, which was just run through the entire level swinging this like internal <laughs> right. organ, making just bowling pin strike noises everywhere. And then eventually... Um, I'm sorry that I feel like I'm spoiling a little bit of this game, but it's very early on. Like, I saw a a series of doors and I just started using them. And then I ended up, one of them just put me into a china shop and there were two flies buzzing around. And a weird, like, all horn arrangement of Flight of the Bumblebees was playing. (laughs) And then all that I was doing was trying to kill those two flies. But really, obviously, the whole point of this was just to be an insane montage where I destroy every single thing in this room to kill two flies. Yeah. Then I walked out of the room after killing the flies. I think I could have left whenever I wanted. And then I realized that I had the fly swatter and the guy's internal organ. And when I swatted anyone with the fly swatter, their eyes turned into flies and they started making a fly noise and then flew away, Or which would work on anyone other than the guys who were chasing me, which I still had to knock over with the organ, the internal organ, to turn them into bowling pins. And then the last guy, uh, like, I... Knocked a huge ton of these guys out of the way, and they're all wearing, like, mirrored aviator shades. Mm-hmm. And then the final guy was just a bowling pin wearing mirrored aviator shades, and I knocked him <laughs> out of the way, and then just jumped into the subway, and the mission was over. And I was like, what the fuck was that? That's not at all what Brendan Chug would make, and I don't think that it was... It, it was just ridiculous for the sake of being ridiculous, but right, then right. it it also has... It's, it's, it, it's a weird, weird, weird fucking game, because it has... <laughs> it has no problem just deciding to be really cool and like slick and feel very much like that sort of understated Brendan-y, like mm-hmm. Blendo Games yeah. feeling thing and then it'll just go and just lose its mind and i like i don't know if it's something that you guys would actually like hmm. um, Check it out. but yeah at one point i just disappeared inside a computer for no reason and like hmm. i don't know it was it's weird um it's it's hard to describe. Also, obviously, I this probably go. I think I said this before, but it's a first person game. Yeah, clearly. yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, it's. I haven't gotten far enough in to understand if there's a through-line or a point. If there is, I hope that it doesn't try to make it too hard. Like I hope that it doesn't like go for the hard sell on some yeah, sort of right. message because that's right. where I feel like this thing has the potential to oh, fall yeah. off a cliff. Because as of right now, it's just. Uh, like, I like it because it feels aesthetically very different from this but very much like you're inside of an episode of Mr. Show or Monty Python's Flying Circus or something where it's just like okay whatever we're all collectively bored now it's time for the game to just do something completely unrelated to this and it doesn't even it doesn't try any of what like the Stanley Parable does where it's trying to all put this into like the weird intermesh of paranoia and sort of like the overall theme of repeatability and all this other stuff like in jazz punk just feels like they're kind of trying to predict a thing that would be enjoyable and surprising to happen next and then just put you into yeah. that and go. Yeah. And I don't know if that's good or bad or like, I, I don't know exactly yeah. like where the, where the the like, like hardy hearty value lies in that, but it is like, it's what it's, I read surprising about it, to play.
2: What I read about it was that it seemed like it was attempting to be a like comedy simulator of some kind, or like it's, you know, it's trying to be something that you would be like taking part in a joke, you know, rather huh. rather than the game sort of, you know, pres- yeah, I, presenting I guess, a joke.
0: I guess that's, that's, that's a pretty fair assessment. I mean, like it, just, yeah. it feeling like you being inside of the game are like the game is facilitating weird, funny interactions with you and it it, do, it does feel collaborative, but I mean, it still feels like, it feels similar to me yeah. to, I think. The, the critical things you can say about something like uh, the Stanley Parable or um, 30 Flights of Loving, which is just I'm inside of a space that is constructed the same way as, as right. any other first-person space. But what I'm actually just doing is pressing a button and then the Stop's game happening. emits something funny right. at me. Yep. And I'm yep. not – like I'm just yeah. in like the the child uh, like squeaky toy, car yeah. horn toy. You know, like yeah, that's right. – you know, and it's – the content of this one is just the most bonkers out of all of them that I've played, but it still is of that style very much where it's just the, the back and forth from a mechanic standpoint is not actually present. It's more sort of just the right. experience of all these things washing over you just by virtue of you being a virtual participant in them. Not, not yep. because of like systemic feedback. I don't right.
2: know. Yeah. No. Yeah. Uh, I think I read the kill screen review um, okay. and uh, yeah, they sort of, Surmise the same thing, which is that, uh, yeah, it is sort of a linear series of jokes. And then um, I think that you actually compare it to something like Octodad, where you're actually participating in something that, you know, yeah. is systemic and makes it feel like you're That's a tough, creating it's tough a team, But yeah. But yeah.
1: I feel like the games I've played whose sort of physical comedy has resonated with me the most are ones whose world is not, does not acknowledge that in the slightest. And I would even put Far Cry 2 in that category. Yeah. Hilarious yeah. things happen in Far Cry 2. But the game is not fundamentally hilarious, mm-hmm. um, and and generally speaking, or like GTA is often the same. Yeah, and then which is why where which
2: is why I don't like Saints Row. That's actually. what I was going to say. <laughs> like in
1: cases yeah. where the developer sort of takes that implicit physical comedy and then makes it explicit in the world, yeah. In, like we tried, we gave Saints Row Four an honest shot, I think, and we yes, just we did. We just couldn't get into it. But there are cases where I feel like those the theme and. Um, like, physicality of gameplay meets halfway, but they tend to be, like, much, much, much much smaller experiences. Things like um, uh, uh, um, Minotaur China Shop yeah. by the Flashbang guys. And, like, ago. Bennett Foddy and, stuff. And, like, Bennett Foddy's games, right? Like, Co-op. Um mm-hmm. You know, They t- and, like, um, also Bennett Foddy's, um, uh, what is the funny game? Top. Get on Top. Yeah, that game is so funny. We should stream that at some point because uh, it's, it's incredible. Um, you know they tend to be games that are much smaller where they're because they're much more abstract they're the conflict between the world and systems doesn't matter that much like who like the yep. world of Quop is irrelevant like the world of 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 um minotaur china shop is like essentially a gag unto itself but it's not crass God, it's just Minotaur kind of China
0: shop handles itself
1: it so really well does. in the details really like yeah. Yeah. the
0: way like that game i don't even think is online anymore cuz that whole I know. site went away yeah. like just the way that Minotaur like had is like nonchalant strut <laughs> but, it, but, but <laughs> oh, man. within that strut God, was like so how like, able yeah. to like quite yeah. be that game was at, so at ease itself. Yeah, it really for, how, good. for how for how just goofy and dumb it was
1: well and then the same developer flashbang they did stuff like the time traveling donkey game and like they did time that,
0: donkey, they did off road velociraptor safari. Right, and that yeah. stuff to
1: me is like just one degree to Minotaur China too Shop hilarious. was like that you know, was the, like, the yeah one Minotaur for China me. Shop is perfect. Yep. Yeah. Um, anyway, yeah, that that blend of like physicality and theme is so hard to do in games without. I feel like without just going so far in one direction that that you kind of ruin the joke. Yep. Right. But yeah, jazz punk for me. <sighs> Actually, I you know what I liked um, Crackdown in that way. Hmm. Because, I mean, Crackdown wasn't as yeah. hilarious, but it was, like, a mixture of not quite taking itself too seriously, um, but also not just being over the top. Like If a Just Cause 3 is ever degree. made, I bet it will be terrible because of what know, people have yeah. done with Just Cause 2. Yeah. Just Cause 2, man. They, um... Well, we already talked about the multiplayer. The multiplayer mode, ride, but, yeah. Yeah, sorry, anyway.
0: Oh, but, oh just... Yeah. I, I wish that... I wish the jazz punk didn't feel sometimes like it's trying too hard or trying. Right, yeah, yeah. yeah because, sure. And some of that is the stuff when it feels like it's touching on Blendo game stuff. Some of it is when it feels like it's just pushing you too hard to laugh at a joke. And the thing that bums me out about it is that... Or it, that bums me out because I'm, I'm glad that I've been playing it because I've been surprised by how often it does actually manage to strike something so unexpected and at odds with what I was, you know, just, you know expecting yeah (laughs) sorry that i said that twice um that like it's yeah it's been enjoyable in its surprises because you you can you can feel like the people who are making this game god this is the most fucking shitty backhanded compliment but i feel like the people who are making the game are probably actually better at doing what they're doing than they themselves have given themselves credit for, for yeah. Interesting. with the choices that they're making in the game because yeah. when this game hits its highs it's just uh, like right.
1: oh my god I hope that you guys you I mean it doesn't feel as confident as you suspect it would be able to
0: yeah, yeah. like there's just there's so many places mm. in it where it feels like they're reaching and being like look what we're doing and it's yeah. like okay yeah. I already knew you were doing that because of the stuff that is, right. that is yeah, actually yeah, yeah. like transcendent in this game from moment to moment but yeah. then just yeah. something that I can tell that you lifted from something else be- or that you like yeah just didn't feel confident about it shows up and it makes me hope that they do another right. game, but that they have the right takeaways from jazz punk because, like, I am liking totally. I'm liking it, but totally. it just has that feeling to it to me. And, and yeah. like, again, it feels have they, like a has fucking this
1: team. Done anything before? this? I don't know. I don't know anything
0: yeah. about this other than the trailer came out of nowhere yeah. for me, and I was like, "Whoa, what the heck?" Yeah. And then I said what I said. But, yeah, anyway, I don't mean... Yeah, no, totally. I mean, and uh, Brendan
1: Brendan Chung, like, he made all of those, like, weird old mods before Gravity... Like, that were all technically part of the same story and universe, and then he made Gravity Bone, and that felt like, you know, something, like a real uh, summation, you know, of stuff he was trying to achieve.
0: Yeah, anyway, I don't know. I, I guess, having talked about it for this amount of time, I, at this point, do kind of want to say just play jazz punk there's a chance you might not like it there's probably stuff in it that you'll think is dumb but there's enough stuff in it that is just totally surprising or like just fresh feeling or at least refreshing feeling inside of it that it seems worth playing at least giving the first hour of it a go Mm -hmm. yeah Um, that's cool yeah also don't do what I did, which is spend the first 20 minutes comparing it to 30 Flights of Loving and Gravity Bone, because you'll just be annoyed at what it's not. And that will prevent you from yeah, seeing what it actually is, which it's is never which the is best kind way of cool. to yeah. play something. Uh, you guys want to take a break? Yeah. Let's yeah. do that. Let's look at these paintings of ourselves some more. I, I've oh. been
1: doing that the entire time, oh, because yeah. they're all staring at me. I can't see them. Video oh, game.
0: Of course, now and this episode's going to be inaudible.
1: Are we back? I don't know, are we? Yeah. We're back. we're we're, that's right jake we're back (gasps) yeah Mm. cool Garrett Morrow writes, Dear Thumbs, I've only been listening to your podcast for a few months now. Oh, this is Reader Mail. Garrett Morrow <laughs> <laughs> writes, Dear Thumbs, I've only been listening to your podcast for a few months now, but have quickly become a big fan of your gaming discussions. In the latest episode of your show, you guys talked about the SimCity expansion, Cities of Tomorrow. I'm a history grad student at Sonoma State University in California. From the County, future. <laughs> and the focus of my thesis is on post-war architecture, especially, spe- specifically in Japan. While listening to the discussion on the expansion, I found it fascinating that so many of the so-called Cities of Tomorrow are based on theories and ideas created a half-century Ego. Multi-use buildings, arcologies, and megastructures which were all created in the post-war economic and political optimism. Futurism and technology enhanced urbanism were all the rage back in the fifties and sixties, but were eventually rejected during the postmodern era. But somehow during the cities of but somehow the cities of tomorrow of the nineteen fifties are still the basis of cities of tomorrow in twenty fourteen. In one way, it makes sense that game developers would view urban growth in terms of high technology because of the constant interface with technology in their everyday work and personal lives, especially in light of all the crazy robot news that seems to occur every week. It does make me wonder, though, what a modern SimCity game would look like if created and designed by individuals who lived a more low-tech lifestyle. So the, the Thumbs have any opinions on this? SimCity's Cities of Tomorrow does a fantastic job of illustrating how theories and ideas can be cyclical. For some absolutely surreal futuristic urban design, I recommend the Thumbs do a quick Google image search for Ron Heron's Walking City, Arata Isozaki's City in the Sky or Kisho Kurakawa's Helix City. These are all surreal to the point of horror, especially the walking city where the concept images are superimposed in front of existing city skylines. Um, then he has a, th- a thing about Far Cry 2. I'm not sure if it's related. Should I read it? Yeah. In regard to Far Cry 2 a couple weeks ago, you guys read an email from a developer on the game about the game only being appreciated by game designers or those with knowledge about the game's development. I just wanted to throw my hat in and let the developer know that I loved the game at the time and still do, despite just being a typical gamer at the time with no prior knowledge of it. Far Cry 2 was a breath of fresh air and made me love the open-world shooter. A year later, I had played and loved Stalker: Shadow of Chernobyl, which is far more obtuse and has its own problems, so Far Cry 2 is an easier time. You may have talked before, but have you guys played the Stalker series? If so, what are your thoughts? This email is long, but I did add in one last thing. When I was younger, my family visited Disney World. We ended up writing and playing Buzz Astro Blaster attraction multiple yes. times. On the third attempt, my mom wrote it alone and ended up maxing out the score on her tally, com- completely demolishing our scores. Since then, my brothers and I have been in awe of her sharpshooting abilities. I'm sure my parents have a photo around for proof. Cheers and keep up the fantastic work, Garrett Morrow. <laughs>
2: we, wait a minute. She wrote it alone. There is no proof then. <laughs> unless they have that photo. Unless they, unless they took the. Right. Yeah. I maxed the score out, honey. It's fine. <laughs>
0: like, we don't have to go out again. I beat it all. <laughs> so, no, you, I shot You, don't, you don't trust the Flappy Bird guy. You don't trust this guy's mom. Duh.
1: Nick Bracken. <laughs> um, we I mean, have talked about Stalker a lot just a quick. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, we, I, I love that. No, that was Stalker. a cool point about the uh, SimCity um, stuff. I, I agree. That was really cool. Uh, it, it's totally true. Also, yes. The well, it occurred. Yeah, it did occur to retro me. Retrofuturism mm-hmm. is basically. I feel like in kind of popular culture is sort of synonymous with futurism. Still, yeah, yeah. No, it's totally true. Yeah, yeah. There it's, is there is either that or like cyber shit. Mm-hmm. yeah you know those are the two versions like yeah. flavors you can put into a modern thing it's right really which are the two towers that you can build
2: retrofuturism <laughs> or like the other type which is basically just a blue runner cypress yeah thing. exactly yeah, yeah. it's hilarious
0: it's it's sad to me but i think the only times that i actually become aware of modern thoughts on urban design and sort of modern non ted talk futurism like actual <laughs> sort of like practical right. futurism and not yeah. uh, you know is when oh, know people from those say. fields critique the new SimCity.
2: Oh. oh interesting yeah <laughs> the, okay. what did you think he was gonna say uh just some weird San Francisco uh, like <laughs> oh. <laughs> crazy proposal for whatever
0: no no it's <laughs> I actually only ever hear when people are like yeah. why don't why doesn't simCity model this
1: this 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 uh, this and this and every time those people do say that I'm always like oh I wish it did now I know
0: because the like I, I think we might have talked about this oh go ahead you say what you were gonna nah, say that's not important oh I just the thing that the thing that I was hoping and I was I was admittedly disappointed when the premise uh, for Cities of Tomorrow was actually announced because what mm. I was what I had been hoping for was, and this was space. This was, no, this would never <laughs> happen. But I was hoping that SimCity 2013 that they made, that they had made lemonades out of that those lemons by making you be so frustrated with commercial, residential, industrial, no mixed use, no uh, mm. non-driving stuff. That they then could have put out a a Cities of Tomorrow esque expansion pack that then actually did just let you get mm. all of these like more more modern ideas, the things that people actually complain about, but then uh, about not being in the first game. But then you'd be like, oh, thank God, I can actually put all these things in my city <laughs> right. yeah. because right. you're infuriated by SimCity basically using this like the same mm-hmm. model of how to zone and build a city that's existed since the 40s or whatever. Right. Like, yeah. I thought that would have been an amazing accidental like retcon Trojan horse to be like, anyway, yeah. now right. you get these interesting things that people uh, really push in their critiques of the original game. But instead, yeah. they did a thing that seems like it's fun to play even if it is based on basically the Jetsons.
1: Yep. <laughs> yeah. Well, and it's, it's also funny to observe. This guy didn't mention, I guess, in his email, but I'm sure would be able to speak much more clearly about it than I can. But, I mean, SimCity already the sort of present of SimCity 2013 is also basically sort of the present of nineteen the 1950s, Yeah. right? Where it's like everything is based on these like road grids, and mm-hmm. and uh, it it does feel right. pre modern. SimCity is actually so it's both it's, the both the scene and in the Back to the Future of, when he goes to 1955 right. and sees his subdivision going in. Yeah, like that's right. exactly. Yeah,
0: yeah. yeah. Yep. It's too bad. But what if it was Back to the Future two when he goes to the future <laughs> and like a Ronald Reagan serves him a Pepsi for fifty bucks? Why isn't that in this game, Maxis, or whoever makes this now? I
1: think it's Maxis still. Yeah.
0: It says Maxis on the box and it has a team in a building that says Maxis on yep, the Yeah, <laughs> that's what we're well, going to say. In memoryville, right? It's Emeryville, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. right? It's Maxis Yeah, it's Maxis. I just mean like yes. even, even Cities of Tomorrow, there was a huge turnover between SimCity mm-hmm. 2013 oh, sure. and oh, the Cities that's of true. Tomorrow. The creative team, team was – Yeah, the, you know, a, a ton of the leads left in between, yeah. which sucks. I mean yeah. – sorry. That was super disparaging to what is surely dozens and dozens of people who have been working there since SimCity 4 at least who are on City of Tomorrow. I, I didn't mean to be a shit. Yeah, I was one though. This is the episode where i was tired to everyone. Apparently, <laughs> thanks everyone for painting paintings of my face. <laughs> anyway, now yeah, yeah.
2: fucking.
1: So that you change. can say these things in front of the enormous yeah. painting of your face. By the way, this entire episode from my perspective. Oh yeah, no, this is what I got last week. Jake, Jake's head oh, saying man. these things, and then just <sighs> peeking out from behind it, Jake's enormous painted head. Right. Just it was worse for me last week me. because
2: it was over in the left. So I just had two Jakes. I was just it was like talking to oh, a chimera.
1: The two Jakes. The two Jakes, Jakes. Yeah. Film uh, uh-huh. starring and directed by Jack Nicholson yeah uh,
0: Chinatown 2 Jack Nicholson <laughs> what a choice that was yeah, to make
1: <laughs> um, alright so Captain Invictus, Invictus is <gasps> back with an email about the psychology of hats how do you again? It's the Hat Baron here. Was something I've been asked a Sorry. fair amount since emailing you guys. The
0: psychology of hats now sounds like this is like people loved the Hat Baron trilogy, so now I'm going on the road of my <laughs> new book, The Psychology of Hats. So hopefully that's where this
1: ends. Malcolm like buy it, Wells, the psychology. Yeah, buy of it hats. from the
0: Kindle self published store for yeah. two ninety nine, which what? I would do and promote.
1: Why do people pay so much for virtual hats? Well, I'm not a psychologist, this but this is how cover. I see it. <laughs> <laughs> also, that's an amazing intro. Um, Aside from the obvious appeal of owning something rare that most people don't usually see, it has to do with the base game itself. Team Fortress 2, when released, had nine classes, and that's it. Every engineer looked like every engineer. Every soldier was a clone of other soldiers. There's no differentiating. In one update, they secretly added extremely rare hat drops. The demo man fro, the batter's helmet, etc. Suddenly, you had an occasionally slightly different character, which sparked something in the player base. They wanted to look different. I think human nature is to want to be unique from the crowd, and these special hats allowed that. This, this spiraled completely out of control. Now you've got this prison economy we have now where people trade cigarettes, keys, for various goods, an item that can be used for your own purpose but it's then consumed and can instead be used to barter for the items you want. This is discounting the crazy people who are bad with money or the crazy people who just have too much money. Um, in my neck of the woods, I've been brokering a few high-end items for a couple people, including the newest ultimate rare item, the golden frying pan. Only ten or so of these exist as of this writing, even though they've been able to drop for nearly three months now. Holy crap. When one appears after a particularly lucky player completes a man-versus-machine tour, it announces it to the entire player base that you are the lucky duck who found the golden ticket. Oh, man, that's crazy. I didn't know that. For a friend of a friend of mine, this means he got about 100 new friend requests who all wanted to talk to him about it 10 seconds after finding it. He doesn't trade, so he gave it to me to sell because he's not cool with random shitheads adding him and trying to scam it off of him, and this thing can go for quite a lot. The first one sold for $5,500, and that's dropped a bit since then, but... Thirty five hundred is still totally possible.
0: God, that's just the, that guy is the Flappy man.
1: Bird developer of Team Fortress <laughs> yeah, yeah. Two items. Like it does have the special ability to turn anyone you kill with it into a golden <laughs> statue of whatever pose they were in when you bludgeon with bludgeon them with it. It's pretty sweet, I guess. And I get to use it until someone buys it from me. The true benefit of being a broker. As for me, Valve just sent me a ten ninety nine form for selling twenty two thousand dollars worth of stuff on the Steam Marketplace. Jesus! Last year. So I get to play Taxpayer Fortress Two now. Hooray! Sean, I've still got all that Dota merch. If you're still after some, after also Dota plushies, TF2 chest sets, and stuff like that for cheap, email me.
0: <laughs>
2: we probably should email this guy.
1: Yeah, we should. And uh, what are we doing? It's not doing? Steam that? Steam
2: friend request him.
0: <laughs>
1: Give me that. I like that. Man. It just the end of it just turned into like a quarter page ad in the back of a magazine, though. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Got that. I got that Dota merch. Got donkeys. All for cheap. Email me. <laughs> Invictus. Yeah. Um, Tom Kid writes. Do you guys have any thoughts on the whole Flappy Bird deal? No. Not reading the rest of the email. <laughs> nope. I just thought that was funny. Um, Matthew Cramp writes, unique experiences. Actually, this is another incredibly long email. We've already done a couple of those. We'll do, this. We'll do this next week, I guess. Um,
0: yeah, leave it in the uh, to read folder. And flag it. That's what we do here at Out of Thumbs. Behind the scenes. little 10th anniversary peek little, yeah. at how we manage our Gmail inbox. <laughs> I turn mine off during the week, so I don't have to look at it, because it freaks me out that it's unread. Yeah. Mm. I just read them all. You mark them as red? Oh, you're the you're the one. Do you at least put them in the two-read folder if they're interesting? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you? What? You got a conspiracy uh-huh. now? You think? <laughs> yeah.
2: Yeah. There's some shifty eyes happening here. This is...
1: We'll see. Man, we're getting a lot of super long emails. They're all quite interesting, but they're incredibly long. Maybe we um, can do a mailbag soon. Yeah, we probably should, actually. Um, here's another. Oh, this is like a leftover from a couple of weeks ago, but we never read it. This was another person. <laughs> you guys with, should play this game Flappy Bird. Yeah. <laughs> this is someone writing in about college multiplayer experiences. Oh, cool. Because we never got this sort of just straight up um, college, like current college student one, I think. They were all special cases. Jake McKenzie writes, you asked if college students are playing couch co-op games, so I thought I'd email in. I'm a dude studying computer science and working to support myself on my own. My roommates who attend my college are all – my roommates who also attend my college are all women who, well, play video games, don't play competitive games. Um, with the renaissance going on in the independent space for couch multiplayer only, I have to say that I'm someone who's been left behind. Also, I need to clarify that the comma usage in this didn't suggest that women generally don't play competitive games, just the ones yes. he's particularly um, mm. roommates with. Um, Uh, I don't have much free time to drive to a friend's couch or have them drive to mine to play these games. Network play is where I'm able to uh, enjoy all the multiplayer experiences. Suffice to say, it's distressing when I tell independent developers of my plight I am cast as an antisocial recluse, which has happened multiple times because I won't play couch co-op games. When I explain to them it's a matter of economics, I'm scoffed at. Uh, I understand the technical constraints to design that network play causes. Nidhog, which has network play, is considered unplayable as of this recording due to host advantage and economic considerations of developers too. But I thought I'd share my own perspective. My sincere thanks for your time and consideration, Jake McKenzie, Pensacola, Florida. Yeah, this is something that is. I was thinking about this a lot recently because some I have some friends who are making a like a really awesome local multiplayer game, and it it really is difficult to imagine. It, it's such a, a great, great – in my opinion, great genre and style of current game, this like stripped down com- local competitive multiplayer thing. But god, it's so hard to imagine how someone who who just doesn't have the precise mm-hmm. variables lined yeah. up in their life should be able to play it. Like how do you find enough of those people on a wide enough scale to make the whole thing worthwhile? It's really hard. Someone should get them into arcade cabinets and put them in bars in San Francisco. Well, yeah. That's I mean, like
0: I—I I don't know where else that would work, but in no, this stupid that, city, people that's would totally play them. true.
1: I just mean, from that angle, sure, there's still a lot of people who are just never gonna have access to that. Yeah, of course. Which is just a reality. I'm not saying this is like something there's an easy solution to. It's just a bummer, you know. Like it's unfortunate <clears throat> that I think it's a style of game design that is just at odds with how it feels. A like lot of people just live if
0: in um, the world. as streaming latency goes down. Yeah. Mm. Uh, couch multiplayer games can become online multiplayer games reasonably yeah. easily, but that's still a minute away, I'm sure. I mean, mm-hmm. but you know, if your internet connection is. If you look at OnLive a few years ago and hope that maybe in a few years people have reasonably high speed cable internet, there'd still probably be some degree of host advantage, but it would be reduced, hopefully. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Maybe it wouldn't be. Set up a PC somewhere else in your house and stream it to yourself and a friend
1: so, so you both <laughs> so have you, some. some I, or you everything could be hosted on a server I mean, yeah, so it server But yeah. It
0: would be uh, it would be interesting for someone to just deliberately run a Nidhogg streaming off of a third party computer and have two other people log in and see if that works. Yeah. It would be fucking yeah. garbage in the case of Nidhogg unless everyone yeah. had a really fast internet. But like maybe that is one thing that will help contribute to mm. that stuff working better. Yeah. I don't know. Um,
1: On the development side, I was talking to someone about playing Nidhogg, and I was sort of talking about these general challenges, and they were saying, well, I just play single-player Nidhogg. Bots are fun. And it's like, okay, well, that's great. But also that guy spent, like, ages Mm -hmm. developing AI to make that even possible. Right. Right? Like, one of the cool theoretical things about developing games like this is that they're fairly lightweight on the development side, and you don't need tons of assets and uh, polish, and that hopefully counteracts the... Like limited audience size because you don't need as much to make back your budget. But then on the other hand, um, a lot of the things that do make these games feel saleable in the first place are still, despite the like low asset requirements, are fairly technical and time consuming and complex, especially to make really good, you know, making a good AI and like next, intensely multi- like competitive yeah. multiplayer game. That's pretty hard. Man, That bar
2: thing. I'm <laughs> just thinking about all of those, um, like AMI internet, um, yeah. uh, jukeboxes internet jukeboxes that now exist. Mm-hmm. If those things just had two joysticks built into them, yeah. If the screen. Fuck.
0: The thing about those uh, is that those things the, are those things are are generally kind of unappealing and gross. Yeah. yeah. If they but if, if, if they was, weren't, if there was one of those with the screen twice as big and a nice looking case, and it just had Nidhogg on it and said, "Yeah, pay twenty five cents and you can play a, th- right. th- a three round ladder." Right. You know.
1: Yeah. Isn't there – someone was t- – in this, these conversations I was having, someone was telling me – god, this is terrible because I, I can't remember what it's called. But there's some machine that there's like 30 of them in the world and it's a – or something like that. Maybe more than that but it's that's I think what they said. And it's an arcade cabinet that's hooked up to the internet and there's some network that you can like upload the, a game to. And it will just automatically oh, propagate cool. out to all of these cabinets. Yeah, that's what I've got, And yeah. it's used for – yeah, it's used for these – for like local multiplayer games and stuff. And I can't remember what it's called. And I'm sure a bunch of people listening will know and instantly we, know what I actually, mean. Actually,
0: we were talking about this – well, not, not about that specifically. But we were talking about uh, – uh, couch co-op arcade cabinet when Will Smith from Tested was on. That's how it came up
1: because I brought that up and they said, right. "Oh, have you heard of this this right. thing?" Mm. But
0: he actually has started to order parts for and is trying to build a really slim, like wall-hanging arcade cabinet that would be like flat screen based, but has, still have two. Uh, he ordered two arcade joysticks that are actually analog joysticks mm. and some buttons, and his plan is to try and build one of these and then find a place to put it. I guess I don't really know. Hmm. He. Sent an email to us and we said, Oh, cool. And then haven't talked to him. But that's, he was posting some photos of the parts on Twitter as they were arriving and it made me want one to exist. Yeah. yeah. seems pretty badly. Awesome. Yeah. In a place like Dear Mom or, yep. or the park side right next to this yep. room.
2: Every time you walk in a bar and it's just a big buck hunter's. I always, yeah, I always wonder why yeah. is that not a game that someone would actually play.
0: I never know? see people on the. Big no Buck one ever Hunder uses cabinet. them. I'm sure there are yeah. bars. It must just be the advertising. The case. Eh. But like, there's probably also just a
2: licensing thing where it's just like get it everywhere. You yeah, know, but, Big Buck Hunter is, yeah. is the
0: modern cigarette machine, I guess. Yeah. But like I don't know. There's so many. There are a number of bars around here where the, the clientele would respond far more strongly to seeing Nidhog or pole riders mm. on a screen, I think, than seeing a really. Badly animated caribou. Yeah. But whatever. Yeah. Yep. Also said Jake. Also human beings uh, would like to play them in their computers on their computers alone and have it work well. Yeah. <laughs> but that's really hard. Yeah. It's a cool motorcycle out there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Somewhere Sean is talking about full throttle. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. Is that a podcast? Oh, I if you that have that a question a for us, oh, yeah. uh, you should write us at questions at autothumbs.net. Mm-hmm. Um, if you want to see the ridiculous backstory of all the paintings, there's a th- Chris pointed oh, yeah. out earlier, but you oh, should yeah. go to idlethumbsnet slash forums. It's in the, I think general discussion forum is, is it idle, idle banter? It's just called the idle Thumbs 10th anniversary weird yeah. thing committee or whatever. Check you it know,
1: out. You can watch the video of it at youtube.com slash idle videos. Yep.
0: Um, so
1: thank you to
0: our forum community and to everyone who listens to this podcast, uh, also, thank you, especially to the people who've been reading this for or listening to us for a decade because you're weird and the best um, mm-hmm. and you also know that our tenth anniversary is technically not for a few months, but whatever
1: It's this year this is the year this, this is, is the year of elephantphone's tenth anniversary yeah. year, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah.
2: So we're expecting, you know, regular shipments of more yeah. things.
0: <laughs> this room is not yet actually able to be filled, uh, floor to ceiling, with paintings like yeah. an old French chateau. That, so yeah. let's, uh, it's pretty close. But <laughs> let's get on this, yeah. Because we
1: also uh, have Vincent Prey's space asshole painting up on the wall. Yeah. Yep.
0: Uh, also, we have that hot dogs uh, sign from video games hot dog.
1: Yeah. All right. Well, thanks for listening this week. Thanks, everyone. I'll I be next nice
0: week. It's gonna be weird. Oh, yeah, that is you going to ruin weird. the podcast. Is that the
1: f- first podcast you have to Second own? ever one because we – Really? Was, I wasn't on Jake and Sean's like UK expedition. Yeah, we did. It's debatable like how much that we did. A, it was a That's numbered sort episode. sort of a UK yeah. – Oh, it was. Okay. It was a numbered episode uh, but it was okay. one that we did just because we were in the UK
0: and yeah. we just threw a bunch of people on a podcast. But this will be the
1: first San Francisco episode I've ever not been on. Wow, weird. Yeah. Jake missed one as well. So yep, weird. Now Jake will break the tie – yeah, for highest number of, of of vital thumbs episodes. Yep, on them, I'll be the winner. Huh. Biggest painting, most episodes. <laughs> Video games.
0: What assholes.